Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Half Weave, Half Leeds, Aren't We podcast. Brilliant start already, already messing stuff up. I'm Cameron, obviously I'm a, a Leeds United fan and you've got Ollie who, uh, introduce yourself Ollie. I'm, I'm a diehard Everton fan, go, go home, <laughs> home and away. Home away, literally <laughs> home and away every time. And um, what a sort of fitting introduction to having a Leeds fan and an Everton fan on a podcast at the same time. We just played each other and uh, that's a bit happier than the other. Uh, listen, it's the most depressed I've ever been about a football <laughs> match I think ever in my life. Apart from the Euro final, that was a completely <laughs> different level. Just for a bit of context as well, I've been into football for about six months, so my knowledge is terrific. Uh, obviously, our leads is a lot better than mine. And um, let's start really with that shambolic performance. From you, from an Everton fan's perspective, what was good and what was bad, pretty much? Well, I mean, Lampard's tactics, the way he set up the team, the, the 4-4-2 was just perfect for the way that Bielsa sets his team up. Um, we, I was saying that we out Leeds Leeds because we beat their press we pressed more than them mm. and everything that Leeds tried to do there was no route out from the back which means they just had to hoof it long and obviously Dan James is not going to win anything in the air which meant there was no game plan for the Leeds perspective yeah I mean to be fair you, you seen him do that idea against uh, Villa he out he out-headed Altol's timer of Ming six foot five or something like that he did him he did him up like a kicker a little bit but obviously you can't replicate that in the long term and I, I'd Sadly, I have to agree. Like hoofing, hoofing the ball, playing like an English team has never been what Leeds has been. It's just not not how we're set up, and it it was frankly quite embarrassing to see how we were set up. And obviously, you can you can blame injuries, and I do. For me, if we didn't have the injuries that we've got, we wouldn't be in the position we are. We, it's not. I don't think you can blame because there are a lot of idiots on Twitter who are blaming it all on the tactics, and I don't agree. I think. Um, the injury is really the root cause of anything, but I think injuries have exposed a lot of problems, yeah, for sure. especially in... The the biggest one for me is bringing Tyler Roberts on instead of Joe Gallat. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 4-4-2 named Joe Gallat the 31, the 31st best wonder kid in, in the world. So it's ridiculous for me. Tyler Roberts, time and time again, since, since he's been 18 years old, four years ago when he, when he came into the squad, he's been rubbish. Yeah. And I like giving players a chance like Deli Alley, even when he was at Spurs I was like give the lad a chance he's, he's messed up a little bit but I think he'll be alright and he's proved himself at Everton that he yeah. will be alright but there is a certain point and I don't want to sound brutal where you have to say to a player unfortunately I think he gives his all but he's just yeah. not naturally talented enough Yeah, and it's really depressing because some for some reason Bielsa has this massive confidence in him that he doesn't have in Joe Gallard. And I think, if I'm Joe Gallard, right, every time I've come on, I've been electric, the fans are behind me, everyone believes in me, I play the same position as Roberts, and Roberts is terrible, and no, like, let's be honest, nobody likes him yeah. as a player. I'm not saying, not, again, there's a tendency to talk about players as, as people, I personally don't like this person. As a player, I don't like him on the pitch, yeah, he's yeah. rubbish, I'm not, do you know what I mean? I mean, for me, looking at looking at Joe, uh, Joe Gallard on the bench, he's, he's one of the brightest Fellow Yeah, he's a fellow scout said it was probably written in the stars for him to score on Saturday. Yeah, probably. It <laughs> but was, but um... looking at him on the bench as being one of the brightest youngsters in the Premier League, with like the decision to bring on Tyler Roberts, he, he's a championship player at best. He is absolutely a championship, he's a championship player. championship player. And I think there's this, maybe Bielsa's got this mentality, because there, there were so many players when he came in that that's what everyone said. Luke Ayler, Stuart Dallas, Forshaw even maybe Calvin Phillips to, yeah. a, to an extent, championship players, yeah. like if Leeds ever want to get in the Premier League, they have to get rid of them. Mm. And 
Bielsa's proved them all wrong in that respect yeah. of, you know, some players you need to spend more time with, you need to get the fitness up, and you need to do all these things, and eventually they come good. Calvin Phillips is of course, of course. one of the best midfield, one of the best midfielders in the Prem, not considering injury. I mean, yeah. look at him in the Euros, but um, I feel like at this point he just sort sort of needs to give up. Yeah, with, with the, I think the Tyler Roberts sort of experiment is over. Mm. I think that the squad at Leeds is definitely threadbare now, but I think obviously you. I remember you saying a few weeks ago that that Bielsa bases his squad on players that he can trust and players yeah. that he knows that he can bring on to yeah, do the yeah. job. And obviously, if he thinks Tyler Roberts is is that man to do the job, then so be it. But I I look at Bielsa's squad now and go. Fifty to sixty percent would not get in most of the teams in the Premier League, and, and that's a real worry, and especially when you look at the depth as well. And there's no quality players to bring in. Obviously. It's just, yeah, exactly. it. it's just under 23s. Yeah, It's just under 23s under, and it's brilliant. I love having a great under 23s team because you spend the fiver, you go and watch them beat Blackburn Rovers under 23s. You have a great doubt, and you think, listen, these leaders won in some mm. aspects. But there is a massive gap in skill mm. where normally at this point you should be able to filter some of these players up, yeah. and they should be able to come into the first team and make an impact. But there have only been very few. Leo Helder, Joe yeah. Gellar, and then you had the. Um, you had, it seems like to me you've got a lot of under-23s players that are wanting out. Crescentio, yeah. Somerville, you had your man before. It's about Cody Drama yeah. got a move to Swansea City, Cardiff City. Or something. It was, it was, well, it was yeah, a Welsh yeah. club, I think. It was a Welsh club, but it was probably Swansea. And um, can admit, if I'm fully honest, I don't blame him. Yeah. I don't like the way he left, but if I was Joe Gellar, this is just bringing him back to Joe Gellar, I would be asking to leave at this point. Oh, yeah. Because the, I, I would take it as it's just not getting the development that he needs. Yeah. And I mean, you, we've got a lot more to talk about in respect to Everton. Delhi Alley and Donny van der Beek, what an impact they've made. Unreal, unreal. I mean, Donny van der Beek had probably one of his best performances in the Premier League on Saturday. He was he was absolutely on unreal. Fact, there was the last, I remember, his last fantastic performance was the last Ole Gunnar Solskjaer game. Yeah, he yeah. was like 85% of the effort and it was fantastic. And it seems like he's... he's I think I think the lad just needs a little bit of support and a little bit of love from a fan mm. base and obviously a support from a manager and I think that's probably what will kickstart his career again. It will it will revive his career of the form yeah. that he had back at Ajax and I think Donny Van der Beek was probably one of our best signings of the window. I think Deli Ali is a project we can get behind. Obviously, the way the transfer is set up with not paying anything up front to Spurs and ten million after that's a really twenty weird, appearances. It's a really weird dealing. No, it goes up in tens. Deal. Try and explain it to me. So it goes up in tens. So it was it was a weird one. I, on deadline day, I was looking into it, and it was it came out that Everton were paying no money for for Deli Ali. It was a free transfer. We would only pay ten million uh, after twenty appearances, but obviously it's come out now that it will be more. Um, performance based obviously if Everton start winning things if Everton if Deli Ali himself starts performing better with goals and assists it would be more money going to Spurs but I think all round it looks a really good transfer for Everton because the way it's shaped the way the board have shaped the transfer it, it only favours us because yeah. if Deli Ali's performing it means the team's performing and we're doing better in the league and that's all we can really ask for exactly so, and it feels like for me the way you've set it up in it, it being based around the actual performance, yeah. which obviously is what football is there yeah. for, is really strategically important in relation to what we know about his background. We yeah, know that he's got the talent, he's got the skill, but the big question mark is over how he's going to feel, how he's going to do on the yeah. pitch. Yeah, exactly. Because he's had a lull at Spurs of, I don't know how long, two, three years. Yeah. It was, it, he was in really his best form. You know when Kane was wearing that mask? 
yeah. or just shortly after yeah. it was like that was the prime for Delhi, and um, listen, I, I think he's got some proper talent. I think really he should be a regular in the England squad yeah, in definitely. his prime. He was an England, he should, he was an England star. I mean, he should be in his prime now. Really, he was. Yeah, he, he how was he now? Twenty. Twenty-five. Yeah, that. Yeah. I mean. He, the start of his career, he, he was almost playing in his prime then, what, what we know now. Yeah, it was that Spurs team um, that was rivaling Leicester or just yeah, shortly yeah. after, and they were like, that was probably one of the one of the first times in the last probably about 30 years when Spurs were close to winning anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, obviously, you had the Champions League final against Liverpool, and obviously, oh, I, was, yeah. I was rooting but for them look, that day. Oh, you weren't rooting for Spurs? Oh. That's horrific. <laughs> but I think leading up to that, like... Uh, it, it was obvious to everyone that Spurs that if it came down to Liverpool Spurs yeah. they didn't have a chance yeah every, everyone knew sort of that Liverpool team were, were going to be, get the best for Spurs and that's why I think the, the mentality of Spurs was so like down downcast after that season because they thought they had no chance in that Champions League final and then the season after Pochettino was sacked they, they lost to Colchester in the league Cup. that's one of the biggest mistakes I think they've ever yeah. had was getting rid of Poch because Poch is Obviously, I've got a bit of a soft spot for him because he is a um, a disciple of yeah. BLC star, <laughs> I like to call him. He worked under him at, at Old Boys. And, um, yeah, well, he's there signing, they're signing up to be the next Man United manager, which is a He's just, he will end up being the king of wasted potential if he yeah. goes to Man United because, I mean, let's get into it now. We've got there being two games time after Spurs, ridiculously, yeah. yeah. After Spurs and. Um, I can't think genuinely in the history of sport of a worse run organisation than Manchester United at the minute. Um, before the transfer window, I would probably put a hat in the ring for Everton. I oh, mean, the, God, the, yeah. the, the problems with the board this season have been horrific. I mean, Farad Mashiri has been adamant that his managerial appointments would be the best. Obviously, we had Carlo Ancelotti. We, we had... before that Spanish we had waiter. Rafa Benitez. But, ha- how in the history of football has someone gone? Okay, he's probably one of them, he's probably one of the most well respected managers in Liverpool's history. Yeah. Let's give him straight to the rivals because uh, maybe Mashiri's misunderstood that Liverpool and Everton uh, they hate you. You hate each other yeah. to such an extent. Yeah. And maybe at some point it can blind you, but I feel like Benitez went into that knowing that it's not going to work out. He was he was doomed from day one. Mm. I mean, if you looked at the fan protest, there was there was banners put up at Goodison Park even before his appointment saying Rafa out, yeah. and he, he wasn't even in yet. Yeah. I mean, there was such resentment towards his appointment that it was it was a poison chalice for him, and I, I'm actually very surprised he took that job because yeah. it was it was such an uphill battle that he was trying to go through with obviously the squad as it was. We just lost James Rodriguez. I mean, it was injuries even before he came in, and then we lost Calvert Lewin. So mm. that's where Rondon came in, and obviously, a lot of Everton fans will know the what's the word? A lot of Everton fans will know the the hatred towards Rondon. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I wanted to find you a bad lot word hate there. your players, don't you? But uh, and I was reading some like Richardson as well. That I've seen loads of you lot slagging him off, and no, I'm like, listen, Richardson. Richardson loves us, and he knows how much we. What love is him. the crack with people like Richardson? I mean, he's just a bit. <laughs> if he, you'll love him if he's on your side, but you'll hate him if he's not on your side. Yeah, yeah. He's, so he's that he's kind the, of he's player. The, he's a Tevez, really. He's the Luis Suarez of Everton. It's Suarez. That's exactly what he is. Um, but yeah, so you think Lampard at the minute, you think... Because the way I see the current sort of manager set-up is 
the future of English managers lies in really four people's hands. You've got Graham Potter. Yeah. To a lesser extent, Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Steven Gerrard and uh, Frank Lampard. And all very different managers in their own respect. I mean, Graham Potter's got his own style of play, which I I really respected when Everton were looking for their new manager in the summer. I was like, well, okay, we give Graham Potter a go. For me, I would have taken him easy because I think he is... You know, there's this thing about no English manager has ever won the Premier League. If it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Graham Potter. He's such a student of the game. He's such an... He's such an analyst yeah. of what's going on. And he plays in such an un-English way as well. Yeah. Which is what I find so... I mean, Brighton don't get in the papers a lot. They don't get a lot of attention. I mean, the last time I heard anyone talking about a Brighton player was when... Um, oh, who's your man with the headphones? I've forgotten this. Ty. When Ty was slating <laughs> Neil, Neil Mope. I hope Brighton get relegated. That was the last time I heard out of... Of Brighton in yeah. general, really. I mean, they, they, they go about their business quite quietly. I mean, if you look at Brighton's stats from the season, they've got one of the highest expected goals in the yeah. league, but one of the lowest goals scored in the league, which yeah, would, would probably say that Brighton are probably a top-class striker away from challenging that top six. I, I'm not saying they fly right into the top six, but they definitely do what West Ham are doing. They'll build. They'll build. They'll build, they'll build exactly. Season by season, they'll, they'll look better and better, and I think... Mope as your talisman is it's probably not going to work out the best because he's not a natural born goal scorer he'll get you mm. a few goals he'll score you a few world class finishes he'll score from outside the box but he's not that so called tapping merchant that they need <laughs> yeah. I know it sounds bad it's sort of uh, modern day Ronaldo yeah exactly <laughs> speaking of um, just going back to Man United six games without a goal which is I think his biggest drought since 2009 what is going on with Cristiano Ronaldo it's a sh- it's a shame to see his downfall, really. Because... <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> I absolutely despise the guy. So I, d- I don't know. I hate Man United. I don't. I think what Ronaldo's done in his personal life, you know, yeah. whether you believe it or not. Yeah. I'm not gonna go out. Obviously, if you get caught shouting sue at Ellen Road, <laughs> you're gonna get your head smashed in. I feel like that's a fair enough statement. Yeah. But um, not not for some Liverpool fans. You know that f- that fat Paddy the Irish the one. Paddy Murphy. He was at. Uh, screaming Sue and everyone was like what are you doing he goes oh it's just banter I'm thinking this I don't want to be too I, you don't want to be like a fan police but that is come on yeah. Pad, what is going on bit too bit too far but um, Ronaldo he's uh, it, just his time is dwindling and yeah. so many Man United fans are so reticent to admit it they don't want to think that oh my god El Rey might be dying I, I think the best thing for both parties is for them to part ways I think Ronaldo has got to a point in his career where Man United was not the right fit for him. I think the only reason Manchester United signed him was to stop Manchester City signing him. Yeah, and that's, exactly. that's, that's the reality of the situation. I think Ronaldo, he's been a great player all his career, but I think it's time for him to part ways with Manchester United and I think both will be better off for it. I'd agree. And I think, well, I don't know about Man U, but I think Ronaldo is what... He's, the, sort of, the talk has always been he'll retire at Sporting. And yeah. there's not... He's got... I mean, to be fair, Zlatan's still going up 41 or something, so maybe the lifetime of players is gone is extended, but he's 36 now, which is 37, something like that. He's, he's in his late 30s. He'll have two, three years left to play in before eventually. I don't know, though. He's a very athletic guy. Yeah, Didn't someone say he had the body of like a, like a 21-year-old at 34? He's, he's in the shape of his life. He's in he? the shape of his life, but I, actually, I don't feel like he's got the stamina anymore than he used to, because yeah. you've seen him in games... A part of the modern game now is your forwards pull back when you've lost possession, and 
he's just not able to do it anymore. He's not. I mean, he would never listen. He's never. He'd never fit in a Bale society. <laughs> he just doesn't have the stamina to keep up with what the modern game is demanding of him. And yeah. you can sort of hide that in in Italy a little bit because yeah, yeah. it's so defensively focused. Your def- your defenders are so good, and he's playing under some of the guys at Juve, world class defenders of the time, like Euros winners in defending. Um, he's sort of able to hide that a little bit, but when you've got people backing you up like Harry Maguire, yeah, you're not able to to sort of hide that. You're not yeah, able to cover it's... up for that. And Harry Maguire as well. I don't think I've seen. I don't like. I don't like giving players stick on Twitter. Like I remember Mateus Click after a certain game, he messed up, and everyone was giving him stuff, and he d- deleted his Twitter. Yeah. And everyone was like, "That is horrific. Like you shouldn't be. Like he still plays for our club." The torrent of abuse that Harry Maguire was getting after that game was I don't, listen I wouldn't repeat some of those things now because they are so disgusting yeah I mean I don't want to say rightly so because that's that's horrendous obviously but he's the captain of Manchester United and oh, he's yeah. and he's he's got no backbone there's nothing there he, he's just he's not a good player no he's not a good player and he's not good at the game of football but he's weirdly. not a good leader either there's, there's nothing behind it there's, he just goes through the motions yeah, why why is he I mean somebody put on Twitter it was like three three years ago today it was a couple of months ago three years ago today Harry Maguire was getting relegated while um, Cristiano Ronaldo was winning the Champions League now he calls him boss yeah, I, I, I don't who firstly who came up with that idea that Harry Maguire because I can think of at least I can think Luke Shaw whoever yeah. you want but anyone like that and Luke Shaw could be a bit of a Henderson if you want it to yeah, be yeah I mean he's definitely that he is. I don't want to say he's Mister Man United, but he's definitely more Man United than Harry Maguire is. He's just eighty million quid, and his one big thing, headers. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> he's ter- so he'll have a really good game and a really good off game, and it was re- like th- this links back to another thing: the Euros. He was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I don't know if that's recency bias because when he smashed the camera <laughs> during the uh, during the the shootout. But I thought he was really good during the Euros. Yeah. And there are so many players at the minute who, for England, unreal. Like, up until, up until obviously, when Sterling got his hat-trick, you could easily put that put him in that category that he's good for England but shit for the, for the side. Yeah, 100%. And it's such a weird way of... Just, uh, maybe, you know maybe why? Because the England setup and the Southgate is so defensively minded and it's yeah. so passing out the back that it's mo- it's such slower pace compared yeah, to how Man yeah. U play because weirdly there's like the Man U style of yeah. playing. And I think even international rubbish. football as well, it, obviously England is very different to Manchester United in the way they play, mm-hmm. but I think even international football itself is, is a lot of a slower game. I yeah, think you've got more games to play. So yeah. you've, or you've got a You've got a shorter mm. space of time between games. And I'm, I'm saying as well, there's, there's more time to play out from the back. There's more time for him to be on the ball. Mm. Rather than in the Premier League, it's so fast paced where you'll you, get rushed. Exactly, you'll get rushed by a city side after, after three, four seconds. You, you'll have someone on you, a, a striker on your centre back, and it's it's game over. That's why playing out from the back is so difficult, and only really Man City defenders can do it because they they've got the quality on the ball to do so. Mm. I mean, listen, City can. I reckon in a top ten list of defenders, City take at least seven. Oh, I will them It's like their second team. Would finish top six, yeah, 100%. and I feel like that's a real. I'm confident in saying that they're, they're second. How ridiculous is that? Where normally you have teams like Barcelona, uh, uh, Barcelona Dos, which play in league, it was playing the second league, yeah, yeah. and are all right, yeah. Whereas Man U, uh, Man City just have that. It's ridiculous, and it makes you think: Is that a good thing? Should they should they have a second team? Well, I mean, it's, 
There's no way. There's no way of changing it. I mean, City's strength and depth is obviously so good that they mm. could have three high-profile injuries and still have a oh, solid. Oh, I thought you meant three teams. They could have. No, listen. <laughs> they probably could. They have easily three could teams. have three teams, and they would. They would all be in the football league by the end of it. But I think. I think even City's youth setup is so good. They obviously oh. they've got James McAtee coming through. Obviously, Phil Foden came through that mm. that process. Who else have you got? You've got uh, Liam Delap. Obviously, oh yeah, these, mate. I, I've absolutely. But I know, I know about Full Foden. That's one <laughs> one person that I do know about. I mean, the, these kind of players coming through are, are so exciting for the English game. That it, it just shows how good Manchester City's academy. And mm. and back in the days where Man City weren't obviously the biggest team. Obviously before they had money, it would be Manchester United, Liverpool, even Everton's academy that would take the reins yeah, yeah. of the young players in sort of the Merseyside, Cheshire, Manchester area. I mean, 20 years ago, they were gritting their teeth against teams like Gillingham yeah. and thinking, listen, let's not get too cocky. We might actually lose to them. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. But um, they have really, especially in the northwest, they have taken over. If you're a young player... You go to Man City. You go to Man City. Yeah, that's 100%. just how it works, unless you're a diehard red or a diehard blue. Yeah, I mean, even then, it's, it's the, the opportunities are so much better at Manchester yeah. City. And I, I even look at the, the pathway from the academy to the first team and City's pathway obviously under Pep Guardiola is so it's so set out it's so clear that yeah, it means yeah. that these young players can keep doing their work in the second team keep doing their work in the under 23s and they'll get these chances obviously it, it's shown with Foden if you if you're the best if you're the best in your position and if you're good enough like Age, you'll age go is just a number. Age, age is the number. You'll go That's straight That sounds like there. a weirdo, but it's like that is it's 100% true. Exactly. And the, the thing about the way that they raise these footballers, I use it a lot in an allegory about Jude Bellingham. Yeah. Phil Foden has been trained, whereas Jude Bellingham is a lot based around flair. I mean, this is a whole different tangent about why I think Jude is going to be the best youngster of the generation. Yeah. But just about Phil Foden, the way they train them at City, they don't train him to be beautiful and majestic and wonderful they train them to be computers yeah phil foden you know wherever thick he might sound in an interview and i know a lot of tories like to call football football is thick for some reason but in the back of the red always there's you've got two players one of them getting one of them's getting man marked the other one isn't you think okay mate if if i pass there's 60 percent chance there 40 percent chance there if i loop round, it goes up to 30 percent they are trained like a footballer they're trained like computers and to play like optimal yeah it's not about it's not about being flair it's not about showing off it's about getting the passes gone and getting them in but that links to sort of a bigger question about city is you know a lot of people like to make the argument out it's just money that's the only yeah. reason why good is because of money which i respond to that is pep guardiola is the best manager in the world i feel like that's undoubtedly true i think definitely he's shown that in the last few he's seasons the best it's, manager in the world there's no one who really comes and close you, that w- you wouldn't be able to have that level of performance if it wasn't for Pep. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Pep Guardiola's tactics, everything about him, he, he's just... He's a bottom-up manager yeah, as well. Yeah, he controls he, he controls the transfer, he controls the academy, he controls literally everything on the face. Anything inside City grounds yeah. is theirs. I was just going to say, he's, he's not he's not that sort of type of manager who just runs the first 11. He's just it's, that, it's, that yeah. club man. He, he, he genuinely is the club he is Manchester City which is such a contrast between them and United because it seems like United is the role of a manager is you pick the team sheet and that's it you pick the team sheet you make the subs that's all you do and I do think with Ralph Rangnick they are trying to get more of a unison type situation with the the club where working in harmony yeah where it's run from top to bottom by the manager listen if you look at your greatest managers of all time Johan Cruyff 
uh, I would put um, Brian, Brian Clough. Take Brian Clough, for example. Brian Clough used to sit and talk to agents and yeah. talk to you know other teams and the chairman of the board would come in and he told he would tell him to fuck off. Yeah. He was he was the absolute unrivaled ruler of that football club yeah, and exactly. it got him two back two back to back European clubs. Two back to back European cups. To be a manager, I think in this day and age, you have to be the the master of everything. Yeah. You have to because everything links together. Yeah. How are you going to get a good first team performance if you've got six injuries for example? But you you haven't seen the academy, so you yeah. don't know who's good or not. And how are you going to be able to replace some of these injuries when you bring them back to Leeds? If the man who's controlling your transfers isn't going to get you what you want, take Daniel Levy for example. Yeah. Nuno, in my opinion, or um, Conte, really would have needed a couple more transfers to level that sort of playing field out. Because there are a lot of people in Spurs now that are left over from where from just after the the end of the twenty fifteen run. Yeah, who yeah. were just sort of middling. I mean, if you look at the squad, you've, you've still, at, at Spurs, definitely yesterday, they, you, you saw it. They had Harry Winks playing. Yeah. They, they had, who else did they have to play? I'll pull it up. Well, I'll I mean, pull it up. I mean, Harry Winks is definitely the first one where I would say, what, where, where, what's he doing? What, why is he, he going? Still there? I'm, he's one of those players where Wait, I'll he's, he's probably championship standard. Lucas, what do you think about Lucas no, Moura? No, I, I, was, I, I was on about Ryan Sessegnon as well and, and Davison Sanchez and Doherty. They're the type Doherty of players. Doherty as well. They, they are championship players. Probably yeah, yeah. low Premier League, high championship and Romero players. Was, well, Romero was a very Joe, surprising one because the entire lead up to this, oh, Romero's been signed, is comparing him to Ben White and thinking, yeah, yeah, look how much of a good signing that is over Ben White. And you look back now, and Ben White is one of the best signings of that summer period. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you look at the money with Ben White, and that's that's the main thing about that they people like to talk mil. about. The, yeah, yeah. They but paid fifty mil for Ben White, but that's I this think day he's and age. Worth it. That's this day and age. Do you not think he's been worth it? Do you not think he's been worth fifty mil in a modern in a modern period where where people are paying hundred mil for Jack Grealish? Is Ben White not worth that? I'd probably say yes. He's gone out and performed every game. If if you looked regardless of of price tag. Yeah, I would say Ben White yeah, is yeah. worth it, but I would also say Romero has been worth it. I think Romero has brought a little bit of quality to Spurs back line that they did need. But it, compared to Ben White, but compared to Ben White, I would probably say Ben White has been the better signer of that. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And this isn't even I've got no bias towards Ben White. Obviously, Ben White made his name in the Leeds promotion series yeah. in the the season. Sorry, and looking back now, I loved him. I loved him at the time, but. He's completely betrayed. He's betrayed Leeds, in my opinion. When Arsenal beat Leeds early in the season, he puts in a story, Bosch or banged it or something yeah. like that. And you look back and you think, listen, can you have a? That'll be like Digne now, being like, oh, mugged off. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a bit of bad blood with Digne. Obviously, what happened with the bottles being thrown on at Goodison? And, yeah, yeah. And, and Which, that. What's going on with that at the minute? Everyone's <sighs> doing it. I mean, we, saw, we saw Leeds do it on Saturday to Seamus Coleman. Oh, deserved. Absolutely. If it's anybody but, but Leeds, it's disgusting and he's kicking out the game. If it's us, that's just how we are. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, the, the Digne situation, obviously, it was done at a time where Rafa Benitez was still at the helm at Everton. Um, obviously, Digne wanted out because he didn't like Rafa's style of play and, and Rafa wanted Digne out because he wasn't committed to the cause. And then... Also, the board granted when, Rafa. When Rafa won't commit to the cause. Anyway, listen, he was booking his holiday in October. Yeah, I mean, let's I, be mean honest. I mean, Digne was sold, obviously, the week before Rafa was sacked after Norwich away. Um, but now, looking back, I'm like, if you were Luca Dean, would you not just want to stay? 
for, for that little bit longer just to see if Rafa loses his job and then maybe wait out to the last few weeks of the transfer window. It was done right like oh, towards yeah. the middle of the transfer window. And obviously, I don't know what goes on at Finch Farm. I don't know the, the situation. Aim is that. <laughs> I, every time anyone brings it up, because like, you, you obviously you know Goodison Park, you know what the, but you don't know what the train like. Thor, no one, you wouldn't know what Thorpe, or you might do, Thorpe Arch means nothing to you. So when people say it, you're like, Oh, right, yeah, I forgot that's what it's called. Yeah, of course, that's what it's called. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, obviously, we don't know what goes on there. And, and obviously, it was obviously a very toxic situation between Rafa and Digne. Mm. And do I blame Digne for leaving? Probably not. It's It was probably the right time for him to go if if everything that was coming from the boardroom was that Rafa was going to stay and Rafa was going to be in complete control of transfers, everything from top to bottom of the club. Then do I blame him? No, I, I don't blame him no. for leaving. And it, it was a shame because... We all love Luca Dean. We thought he was a fantastic player. We, we saw him week in, week out, putting good performances in. And obviously, a lot of Everton fans will say that he's not been great for six to 12 months, but he was one of those players that could pull something out of the bag at any moment. Yeah. Like you, you saw it at Leeds, Leeds away last season at Ellen he, Road. He's, he's like your Stuart Dallas. Yeah. I Stuart mean, Dallas is, a, is a, a billion player, let's not get me wrong, but he can fade into the background. And all of a sudden, like against City last season, yeah. it'll just do something you go, Wow, yeah. he's fantastic. And that, that was Dean, obviously. We saw it plenty of times last season. We, we even saw it towards the start of this season. He, he would just do something magic and he, you'd go, wow, he's one of our top players. We need him firing every week. And yeah, he, yeah. he wouldn't fire every week, but you could always count on him. And that's that's why I think a lot of Everton fans... And it always seems to be to at opportune times as well. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like... But I don't know if that's a good thing or a, or a bad thing. So you think, okay, so he's only putting the effort in when... You, when it looks really bad so is he just doing it is he just flicking these bangers could he flick these bangers in every week or is he just doing it because he knows that okay if i come off of this like we could still lose i need to put something on so it makes me look like the best of a bad bunch yeah yeah there's definitely like because there's a that. point at which it stops becoming coincidence and yeah. it starts becoming is he doing this like on purpose yeah i'm, I'm, I'm not too sure it's it's there was definitely hints of it but Rough situation. There have been many, many rough situations during the transfer window, in fairness, but you come out of it very well. But I do have a question. So you've picked two players who uh, everyone said was a pop was were performing under the potential. You've got Donny van der Beek and Deli Ali. They're playing the same position. Yeah. So what? Like you are going to have to come to a point at which they're going to have to think which one. I, I think it's healthy competition. I, yeah. I, I think whoever's training better, whoever's playing week in, week out better, deserves that spot. And obviously, there is a difference in the deal. Obviously, Donny van der Beek is just on a straight loan. There's no buy option. And, yeah. But Deli Ali is our permanent player. And I'm not saying that Donny van der Beek, there's no chance he'll, he'll come in the summer. Obviously, he could come He's in the there, summer. But... but obviously, you look as well. You've got Alan, Andre Gomez, even Tom Davis when he comes back from injury, Abdoulaye Decore. We've got a lot of midfield yeah. options now. And it's... I it's, think it's healthy competition. It will be healthy, especially for Delhi, because yeah. you know if you've watched the Spurs documentary, you've seen the bit where Jose Mourinho basically calls him a lazy bastard, yeah. and he sat there laughing about it. Yeah. Because whether or not he's good or not, he he was their only option at that point in time. There was nothing that anyone could do about it. It was okay. Who we who were playing? Harry Kane, Humming Song, Hugo Lloris, and Delhi Alley. Yeah. Those were set in stone yeah. since the very beginning. So he knew that he could slack off and he could really take yeah, the piss exactly. a little bit when. Yeah, I think he is a player that is liable to being lazy and is to, to taking the mitt. But 
hopefully he's in a situation there where he knows that okay everyone everyone knows me as, a, as, as I'm lazy and I'm a bit of a shithole mm. maybe I'll be able to come back and and prove myself hopefully you'd like to think that about yeah, players I, that, I mean it's make or break the, the, for Deli now it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's one of them situations where when he was at Spurs he was just collecting wages yeah, he exactly. didn't care about the, the the game itself he just wanted to turn up collect his wages get some dreadlocks and leave <laughs> and then cut him off again that champ by the way that cha- everyone, everyone gives the I wanna be like Deli everyone gives it <laughs> stick on twitter but i actually really oh, I like it. it i think it's brilliant i think that that's if there's one thing that everton fans are good at is making chance chance yeah <laughs> yeah we're, we're really oh good. and the, what the van der beek yeah the, du, du, du. <laughs> oh no what is it the, the mr saxon beat one to yeah yeah donny van der beek it's brilliant um we got a couple of, uh, at you uh, at your lot it was um he comes from Corkstown. Oh, he was made to play for the. I think that's a brilliant one, yeah. but obviously it's not. It wasn't in the most opportune yeah. times that we got it. But um, hey, should we move on to the main event? Yeah, I think so. So this was Ollie's idea. He's getting it up now. We decided to to have an eleven of anyone who is outside of the top six. Yeah. And it really depressed. I went. I was. Like I said this year. I was on transfer market for about three hours, <laughs> and it was so depressing just seeing what concentration of players are in the top six. Like, yeah. there were almost no defenders to pick from. I've got, I'd say, an all right set of... There's one that point that I'm, I'm hoping you got as well. Yeah. But let's just go over the, what teams we've got in. So I've right. got, obviously, one from Brentford. Yeah. One from Crystal Palace. One from Everton. Two from Leicester. One from West Ham. Two from Newcastle. And two from Leeds. What right. are you saying? Um, Quick maths. I've got to count this up. Uh, two from Villa. Oh, sorry, three from Villa now. Oh, shit. Um, West Ham, we've got two. Newcastle, Southampton. Um, oh, I know what the Southampton... Is it obvious? Wolves. Good. Wolves and Palace. So that, that'll be... I reckon we'll have some crossover on this. So yeah. let's start with what formation are you playing? 4-4-2. Fra- 4-4-2. <laughs> Frankie you, Lampard. You <laughs> absolute Brexiter. <laughs> What is going on? I've got a four-two-three-one because um, I don't know. I just like it. I always play it on FIFA, so I think maybe it will work. It's always rubbish because I don't know. I feel like I've got too many central. I've, I've got two CDMs. You only need one. But all right, let's start at left back. Who have you got? It's a bit of a sore one. I've gone for Luca Dean. Oh, I feel like even I was, was going to do that, but I feel like it'd be too much of an hour to your art. I mean, even when he was at Everton, we we were all saying he's probably he, he is a top six left back. And obviously he wasn't playing for a top six team when he was at Everton. Yeah, he was, he's not, he he's not playing for a top six team now. He is just the best left back outside of that that formidable top six. Yeah, and I feel like that speaks less to Luke. Uh, it speaks less to his ability and more to just how many good left backs are in the top six. Yeah, exactly. I mean City have got about four of them. It's yeah. ridiculous the amount of depth that they've got. And um, I've gone for a bit of a weird one. I've got a, for an Everton player. This is so weird. I've gone for Mikalenko. Huh. I just I was looking at transfer market. I, it was must have about three am. Was scouting through transfer market, and there was like, I could have gone for Dinier, but um I've got a little second here. This is I probably should have gone for him. I got Target from Newcastle. Yeah, that's a good. That's, he's good. And he is I, solid. He he's is solid. one of them players that listen. When when they got all the money, I remember saying to myself, they will only keep on three players out of that eleven. Yeah. Really, they'll keep on. Uh, they will keep on Target. Uh, Alan Sam Magsiman and Joe Linton. Yeah. Maybe Joe Willock. Well, I mean, Target was signed from Villa, wasn't he, on loan? He was, yeah, yeah. He was the, he was the, the, the signing which went 
under the radar. Really, yeah, that's probably so. yeah, that's probably. I I don't even remember, but I remember seeing him against us and thinking, yeah, he's he's not yeah, bad yeah. to be fair. Um, so so you got two centre backs. Come on, let's start with the left centre back. I've gone for a little bit of controversial. I've gone for Kurt Zuma. <laughs> oh no! I listen. I was gonna put him in as well. But I thought. I thought. Obviously, I what think. He's I done, thought morally, I wouldn't do it. What What he's done at the moment is, is obviously terrible. I'm not going to go. Have into you too seen much. the West Ham fans' reaction to it? It's like yeah. absolutely disgusting. You kick a cat and they've made a champ for him. <laughs> it's like, terrible, isn't it? Right. As as scummy as we get stuff for, if Stuart Dallas got caught on video kicking a cat, I would not be backing yeah. him. I would not be backing him. And this whole thing about, oh yeah, but he's got done for racism. It's different. What? It's, it's, it is two it different. Is different. It is if you got done for racism in football, you won't get, you won't get as much stuff as Kurt Zuma. I think Kurt Zuma has gotten more stuff because he's black. Yeah. But it still doesn't mean doesn't mean back Kurt Zuma. And I think what Mikel Antonio said was actually quite dangerous. Yeah. He's taken away from it's it's two. I'd say it's two different incidents. It's obviously you don't really want to be merging the two together. Yeah. It, definitely, what Kurt Zuma's done is is wrong, and it should be. Punished he should be in the eleven. I'm not saying he should. Listen, I don't know. I don't. I say, but I tell you what, I'd like to make a prediction on this podcast, and it will be able to come back in a couple <laughs> in a couple months and prove me wrong. This will get forgotten about, and you know why? Mason Greenwood. Yeah. The 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 minute that people think back about January December, people and when it comes to controversy, people will think about Mason Greenwood, yeah. and I think maybe this is a really weird sort of conspiracy theory level thing. I reckon that Zuma video has been around for ages. And they've decided to release it. Maybe Zuma's management has released it on purpose to hide it behind the Greenwood thing yeah. on purpose. I mean, it, it, it could be a possibility. I this is, that's going really weird for me. But so you've got Kurt Zuma. I think he's really good. But I've gone for Pontus Janssen. Oh. For Brentford. The obviously, only good Brentford player yeah, behind I mean, Ivan Tony. I mean, he's he's the one. Ex-Leeds, obviously. I was going to say, he's ex-Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Absolute shit out as yeah. well. He's just an he's just a legend. I mean, if you th- if you think about Pontus Janssen, it was the, the situation with um, Leeds Villa, where oh, yeah. Jonathan Codger oh. went down injured and, and Click went on to score. And, and you think about Pontus Janssen. He was the only one <laughs> who refused to let it through. And that just shows how much, how passionate... He's about football. Ironically, though, it, it was I was watching Everton Brentford obviously earlier this season, yeah. and <laughs> Everton carried on playing after a Brentford player was down, and he was the one that was kicking off. Oh, so he was he's the... brilliant! In the, but I think he is even though despite the fact he plays for Brentford, he is a quintessential lead player. Yeah, and I think with his centre back, I've always preferred. I don't want a tricky centre back. I don't want someone who's going to do all these weird tricks and pass back and do whatever. I want someone who's going to knuckle you and yeah. smash the ball off you. Yeah, and that's yeah. exactly what Pontus Janssen is going to do. Yeah. And I've got a little weird, um, weird stat. He has the most time played out of anyone so far. Mad. Just think about it. Stuff. Brentford have because Brentford play such a weird like money ball economic yeah. system. They don't invest a lot in centre backs, so he's. I think he's played almost every. All the ninety minutes. I can't yeah. remember the stat, but it's something like thirteen hundred. I can't remember what. Listen, I have no idea. Your next centre back, come on. I've gone for Taro Mings. I don't like oh, him. Oh mate, after he has an. But do you not think he has an absolute stinker? We brought it up earlier. He does, but I think he's. He, he is just solid, and I I was gonna put an Everton centre. Boris. I was gonna put Yerimina or Ben Godfrey, but I thought I, I would have had Yerimina over any day. The only problem I would say with Yerimina is he is very injury prone. He, Oh yeah, mate. Your whole squad. Listen, I know it's really ironic for me to be saying it, but the whole Everton squad has got injury prone. Yeah, I mean it's it's disappointing because Jerry Mina could probably be one of the best centre backs in the league, and that's that's not even saying that lightly. He is genuinely very good on his day, but mm. it's about 
consistency. It's about finding that day. There's no consistency yeah, yeah. with him. He, Whereas Tyrone Mings is consistently yeah, made. He's, he's, he's consistently made. But that's why I would say he's probably he's probably one of the most solid outside of that top six because he is always you always see him. He's there always for Villa. He's one of them. He's one of them players, right? That. I would put him in my squad, but I would never trust him to be by himself. Yeah. I'd never play him in a three. Yeah. Exactly. I would always have him in my four. Yeah. I would. I would always have that because listen, ha- he's six foot five, isn't he? Yeah. He's he got mugged off by Dan James, who is a total <laughs> foot shorter than him. For me, I don't think there's a single more embarrassing thing apart from getting megs than letting a five foot five little. He looks like he's about fourteen. Letting him out, Eddie. I think it's embarrassing. I think it's absolutely embarrassing. Yeah. But moving on, I've got Gwei. Is that how you pronounce it? I was going to go Gwei from Palace. Yeah, Mark Gurhi. Gurhi, that was it. Is. I don't actually. My pronunciation is terrible. I don't actually know. But, um, yeah, I've got you, Matt. Listen, he was one of them players that obviously Palace don't come up a lot. It a bit like Brighton. They're doing all right. They're doing pretty all right. Obviously, they have better starts to the season now. But he's got this. Just I feel because my thought going into this was okay. We're having an outside the top six club to play against the top six club yeah i think this is a really good so he's got 94 percent tackle success overall but and he's got a hundred percent tackle success against um of of ground oh no wait he's got 90 sorry this is really this is really (laughs) bad for me for not reading 94 percent tackle success against big six clubs which which i think goes really well and he's got a hundred in the last 12 games a hundred he's won a hundred percent of ground jewels that's mental which with Pontus Janssen, I feel like Gwei, Gwei, someone like Gwei, go Gwei. <laughs> just I don't know. I'm an, um, so I'm so English. That's what it is. <laughs> I think um, he brings maybe more of a, a consistent aspect to it yeah. because Pontus Janssen sometimes can give away stupid decisions. He's one of them players that I bet when Jack Grealish goes up, he's like, oh, I can't wait to get Janssen yeah. in summer. That gets me a pen. Yeah. I absolutely cannot wait. But yeah, I think Wei's um He was definitely on my radar. I was, yeah, yeah. I was looking at him. I I would bet so much money that we've got the same right back. I think we have. Who is it? Kieran Trippier. Yeah, <laughs> of course it is. Of course it's listen. That that was the um Rubinho signing. That yeah. was City's Rubinho signing. Without, I think Newcastle's Rubinho signing. Without a doubt, that is the statement of intent. Obviously, it's a shame that it's quite this morning that he's broken his foot, hasn't he? And he's, he's going in for surgery. But so that just shows how little I know about football, is it? <laughs> yeah. Listen, this is a world without injury. Listen, about ten of my, about three or four of my players now are. This is presuming without injury, yeah. I mean, right? I mean, yesterday he was fantastic. One of Oh, he was absolutely on fire, and he really is the sort of definition of a wing back. Yeah. He knows how to push up. He knows how to get it. Like he's just. I th- I think I think he's miles the, ahead some of the other people in the Newcastle squad. I think that was the best Newcastle sign of the lot. I think oh, that yeah, was ridiculous. Obviously, you've got uh, Bruno Gimaraes. Gimaraes, who was good. Wasn't he, he going was to Leon? Leon. He what, was, what? But oh, no, but I don't know if that was a meme or not because everyone's always oh, Portuguese going to Wolves. No, he's Brazilian. Oh. He's Brazilian. Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, he, I think uh, he was on Arsenal's radar a lot. Oh mate, poor. It's the same as Leeds. Arsenal is like, oh yeah, do Shamsa Hobich. We're gonna get him. We're gonna get him. <laughs> and all of a sudden, no, he gets picked to the post yeah. by Juve. Arsenal just have terrible looking transfer windows now. But I think I think Kieran Trippier was the one that Newcastle needed. I think he he's going to be the man that will keep them solid at the back. He gives them a threat going forward. Yeah. I I do think he'll be a Newcastle captain. In, in oh, years absolutely! To come. Listen, he's got it written on him. And that's he, that's no that's no disrespect to Jamal Lascelles, but I just think who leadership. is who is Jamal Lascelles? That's what I'm <laughs> saying. I was I think I was going to put him in at some point, but then I looked at his stats and I'm like, oh yeah. god. Um, I mean, Kieran Trippier is is probably that man to take Newcastle forward. I do think they'll stay up by the skin of their teeth. 
obviously we've seen in the last week that they, they got the result at Everton. They they got the result against Villa on Sunday. I think that Trippier is probably the catalyst behind that. Yeah, he he will be the man to take them forward. I've forgotten we've uh, we haven't done the GK. The keeper. Who have you got? I've gone for Emi Martinez. Yeah, go on then. Tell us about him. I mean. I, I always wanted him at Everton, especially when Pickford was going through his his sort of dark phase. I wanted Emi Martinez. At Everton. <laughs> Is he out of it? No, I mean he's he's fine now. Pickford, yeah, yeah. But it was it was the the time where wait, dark is in shit or dark is in mentally. Both. Or, both oh, both is it? it was oh the, god, it was the the Van Dyke situation. Oh god, yeah, the, no, that was horrific. The, the abuse that he got off that. I think Pickford Defo was hit hard by that, and yeah, I yeah. I was looking at. Emmy Martinez the summer before that, I mean, mm. he was available at Arsenal. Arsenal wanted to get rid of him, and because they just they have no idea how to select football. Is, and to be fair, I do think Aaron Ramsdale is was a good signing oh, for them. He's a I very was good thinking keeper. if it was any, I would have put Ramsdale in. If he was like an under twenty four, yeah. I would have put Ramsdale in instantly because yeah. I think he's absolutely brilliant. But I think I think Martinez was he was frustrated, wasn't he, at Arsenal that he's not yeah. getting game time. I think Villa was the the right choice for him. And he's probably one of the best keepers in the league now. Yeah, it seems, it seems like Villa are one of them teams that I reckon they'll end up six, seven. Yeah, some something around that area. I think Gerard's taking him in the right direction. Gerard is um, as much a pain to me. Listen, I know, yeah, I know, I know. You don't like to flat Stephen Gerard, but I agree. I've gone for Jose Sarr. Solid, solid. Because that's one. a pure stato opinion. Yeah. he's got the most clean sheets outside the top. Yeah. Or he might be the most clean sheets overall. Nine clean sheets. Um, and seven, he's only conceded seventeen in twenty three. That's good. That's which is really, which is I, listen. I don't know anything about how many. What's the average goal at him? But seventeen in twenty three for to me seems pretty well. That was quite a boring. That was my like boring thing of. Uh, I, I don't, listen. I don't know a lot about Jose. I don't listen. I don't think anyone knows anything about the entire. I think Wolves, I think Wolves, squad. Wolves have gone very under the radar because yeah, yeah. not a lot of people expect them to do well. Obviously, they had Bruno Large coming at the start of the season. He was. Mm. No one knew. I didn't. He's just turned into the Portuguese national team. Yeah, but I, I mean, I didn't know anything about Bruno Large before before this season, and he's made himself. He's he's done really. He's well. a very very solid, respectable. I mean, they just they just they battered Spurs, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like that's um, it's a respect. These are they're a very respectable side, and they're a side that you go in thinking they're gonna give us a game. Yeah, they exactly. are gonna give us a game. Yeah, exactly. But so going to you've got. So you've got a back four. You've got a four four two. I'll go. So. For, I'll go for my two centimeters. Right. You do your two centimeters. You go first. We will go with you first. Yeah. Uh, I've gone first one. James Wall Prowse. Absolutely. Listen. Uh, he was one of the ones that I kind of regret not putting in now. Yeah. <laughs> but James Wall Prowse. James Wall Prowse shouldn't be at Southampton, should he? I I I'm looking at him and going, you would look great in a Spurs shit. <laughs> he, he he would be. He would look great in it, but no one actually plays very well in this Spurs. No, shirt. but That's I think I think he would be the man. That Spurs need. Spurs need that creative midfielder. Obviously, yeah. they've got Hoiberg. Like he's been a bit fantastic. Of a yeah. Uh, yeah. They've got Hoiberg. He's been fantastic. They've just brought in that Bentancor from Juventus. Yeah. He he looks to be good. He, he showed glimpses yesterday that he he will be decent. And he knows how to play in that sort of pocket between lines. Yeah. He knows how to receive the ball. He he is very tactically minded and very tactically focused. For me, I've always thought him as um, he's a tactician before he's a footballer. Who? Uh, Warprouse. Warprouse. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, I mean, his his free kick ability. Say, I, he's the best. He's yeah. the best free kick taker in yeah, the entire world. I feel like that's a fair statement. Yeah, that's definitely fair. He's just, he should be in England squad every single time, but 100%. he's just not. A, he's just not on the on the same sort of page that 
Southgate runs into it. Yeah. Unfortunately. But I've got my first centre mid and my two is Declan Rice. I feel like that yeah. goes without saying. He's just... He is on Absolutely wheels. brilliant. I mean, it's time and time again he's, he's got West Ham. Consistent. There was that... Do you oh, remember trouble. that graphic where it was like 1-1 one, one, after this and it is pathetic. But I think for his first progressive passes, shots yeah, tonight, nice. all, these, all these different things he can just make. He is... He's going to go to Chelsea. I feel like it's, it's like he's he's destined for one of these big city clubs. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's destined to get a big money move, but whether West Ham will part with him. Yeah, that's yeah, the problem. Because he's the he's the heart and soul of that team. Really, yeah. for him, without him, there's nothing linking you back and you from. Yeah, exactly. He's that real sort of key piece yeah. in the squad. So who have you got up next? Um, I've gone for Conor Gallagher. Conor Gallagher alone from Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of... Uh, he gets uh, He's probably... The Chelsea rent boy sort of slur, because <laughs> yeah. I, I call it a slur at the end of the day, yeah. it, is, it is homophobic and you shouldn't say it at all. But um, really, he's who I associate with that more. Because no one... I don't feel like anyone views his, views him as a Palace player. No, he, obviously, he's that he's that lad who's just been chipped out on yeah, yeah, everywhere. It's so obviously. obvious that it? he's not... Palace player. Yeah, I mean, he was at West Brom last year. He showed glimpses that he will be a top player. Yeah, yeah. And I think this season he's just taken it up a, a notch and then a notch again. He's, he's like, he's world class, I'd say. He's everything that he does on the pitch, you just think you're going to be a top player. Yeah, he, and he's, he's still young as well. He's, he's got time to develop and, and find a club. I don't think Chelsea's the right club for him. I think he will move on at the end of this season. Whether Palace sign him on a permanent or oh, go somewhere else. I think he's too, can I be honest, I think he's too good for Palace. Yeah. It's... I feel like where they're going at the minute is not where Conor Gallagher wants to be. And if I was the manager, I wouldn't be building any system around him because I'd be fully in the back of my head. He, listen, he's not going to want to be there. Because there's this thing about Chelsea players. Chelsea players are... Normally, if you come through Chelsea Academy or associate with Chelsea, you get this ego of, yeah. I wanna, like, I'm better than you. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because they're like, oh, we're the best in London. But, I mean... Historically, I don't think they are, but um, there is that arrogance. And I don't think he. I think in his mind, he's there for the. He's there for the loan. He's going to serve his time. He's going to do what he needs to do, and then he's on the first train back to uh, back to Chelsea. The problem I see with it is, where does he fit in that Chelsea team? He doesn't. That's the that's problem. The, that's the that's issue. The Chelsea have got so many world class centre midfielders. Obviously, you've got Mason Mount. He's he's going nowhere near Angolo as well. Yeah, Kante is world class. He is unrivaled in the way that he moves the ball. Yeah. It's just, he's fantastic. And I don't feel like there's any doubt in him. I've put, um, obviously, my lead fan, Calvin Phillips. <laughs> because how could you not? I mean, come on. The, the whole debate was out of CDMs, who's the best, between Rice and Phillips. It has to be. And think about that as an actual team as well. Rice, Phillips, you've seen him at the Euros. They were unreal. And now you've got them here on paper in an actual team. They're going to be brilliant. Don't make... Oh, I mean, Calvin, Calvin, Calvin Phillips is obviously brilliant. But I think Declan Rice is just that little bit... Listen. That little bit better. Obviously, Calvin Phillips is, is fantastic, but I don't see him going anywhere other than Leeds. Whereas uh, Declan Rice is that man. Can I be fully honest? I have no problem with that. For <laughs> me, I'm fine with that. Calvin Phillips... Listen, everyone's linking him to Liverpool. Everyone's linked to Liverpool nowadays. Ooh, if you're a good player, Liverpool, that's where you're going. That's it. Like, I remember even people saying Julian Alvarez was going to go to Liverpool and everyone said, like, listen, let's calm down, he's going to City, stuff yeah. like that. I think Phillips is, listen, Phillips is one of them players that... He's Mr. Consistent. He's Mr. Consistent. He's, mi- he's just, and it, 
when you're there at Ellen Road and you see him flick, just do these mad moves and you think, I'm, it makes me proud of him and it makes me proud of Bielsa for yeah, having yeah. done it and yeah. having put him in that position, having made him such a brilliant talent. And listen, people might not rate him and I understand now people this season saying Rice is better because Rice has had probably about three times the amount of games that Phillips has. I completely understand that. But I completely understand that people think, and I like it because like as a Leeds fan, I'm very... um. I'm a sort of got a lot of PTSD about good players because then the minutes start getting good, they leave. Like yeah. Milner, yeah. and Milner, Rio Ferdinand, Cant- Eric Cantona, yeah. they all they all leave us, and I'm sat there crying on the doorstep, <laughs> thinking, "Where have you gone?" So listen, if people don't rate Calvin Phillips, I've got no problem with that. I'd yeah. love to have him, but yeah, let's go on to your, your next. Um, go, go wingers. Let's you, go. You, you, you let's do the wingers. Firstly, Alisson Maximum. I, I, it's a bit of a weird one. For his left mid, obviously I left wing. Let's call it. Yeah. Um, I think he's really good. I, I, I think like he's a very good player. Now Sam Maxman is in my team, but in an attacking position. <laughs> listen, so. I, I've set. I'm not gonna lie. I've set the. I put left mid, but I really mean left wing. But it's listen. That's how it. I've always, that's really based off the England setup. But where that left mid is really playing left wing is the same place you put Sterling. Yeah. So I'm putting him as a left winger, and I think Alan Sam Maxman is one again one of them players that's going to survive after. After the rebuild, yeah. I think he's going to be good. I like the way he does his hair. I like them Gucci headbands. <laughs> I think he's a cracking lad. And um, I think all the Geordies would agree with me in that respect. He's very good at what he does. He's, he's very good at what he his does. His job is to get the ball and just run. And he's a powerful, powerful He's runner. very, very powerful. Yeah. I can, I'd say he's, um, he's, not, he's somewhere between... I don't know. He's just a little bit less strong. He's a little bit less forceful than a Triore yeah. or a, or a Mikel Antonio, but he's still got legs. Yeah, yeah. He's got some mad legs on the lad, and I think um, it will be one of them people that at the end people go, oh yeah, we sh- I actually shouldn't get rid of him. We shouldn't do a full rebuild mm. with getting smashing everyone off. We should let ASM stay. Yeah. And it's weird because my um, oh no, that was going to be true because I used to have in my centre attacking mid role. I had in that three, I had two players whose names were. Um, uh, abbreviated but right. now not anymore but right. so but we'll, I don't know how you'll feel about that but carry on well I mean talking about Sam Maximan still he, he, if you just look at what Lampard said last Tuesday when Everton went up to Newcastle uh, he was like Sam Maximan's unplayable when he's playing like that there's just mm. no one who can get near him and it, it showed Sam Maximan probably won Newcastle that game along with their fans Sam Maximan probably was the catalyst that won them that game yeah probably because at the end of the day you can have as much Kieran Trippier as you want and I feel like a lot of Geordies say oh yeah Kieran, Kieran Trippier man he's done it all man <laughs> but we, you can't ignore the other 10 and you yeah. have to acknowledge that you know there's this thing in football where people if, if there's one player that's obviously better than the rest of them like I'm not going to lie Kieran Trippier is better than the rest of that Newcastle team by a, by a pretty significant margin yeah. and there's a tendency to put it all on him and say it was all him when you need yeah. to look at other bits of the pitch like he only controls actually quite a small section of the pitch along the side yeah. whereas there's an entire left side that has been completely ignored by a lot of Newcastle fans yeah. so you've got him what position have you got him? Uh, left on, winger on the, on the right hand side on the right hand side oh, sorry, sorry yeah on, on, on the left hand yeah, side yeah because he normally plays left doesn't he I've got uh, Jared Bowen Jared Bowen see that is a, that's a bit of a weird one for me I, because I think Jared Bowen's been really good this season but is he just being fed by Rice is, is he good because of Rice I mean you're only as good as what's, what comes to you yeah that's a good point he was he was fantastic yesterday. He he took his goal well, and I, I think he's a solid solid winger. I think West Ham have got a really good player on the hands there. Yeah, because he was one of them players that previous, 
apart from like since the start of this season, people like Jared Bowen, eh? Yeah, he's all right. He's uh, does a job. He does a job, and he's there. And West Ham have just had a little bit of a fire let under them, and yeah. now everyone's like, oh, Jared Bowen, he's a lot better than people first gave him credit for. Yeah, unlike Mikel Antonio, really, I think has gone down in a fair few people's estimations recently. Yeah, 100%. maybe since your man's come in. Yeah, people have thought, oh, maybe Mikel Antonio is not this big. I mean, West Ham fans, West Ham fans, in my opinion, I'm not a massive. Supporter after the Kurt Zuma thing, I think it's yeah. stupid, but they do, they are a bit fickle about players in general. And maybe in the next three weeks, we'll come back and be like, all right, guess what they're saying about Jared Bowen now? They're calling him all names on the sun because yeah. he's, go, he's going out with that last from uh, Love Island. Yeah. And listen, at some point, it'll mess a game up and she will just get absolutely <laughs> slaughtered on Twitter. It'll be like, it'll be a massacre. Yeah. I, you can just see it coming from miles away. So yeah, uh, just moving on, I'm in my cam position. Oh, right mid, obviously, Rafinha. I've gone with Rafinha. <laughs> you have to go for Rafinha. He's, he's too good. On his, on his day, oh. you can't get near him. He had a very poor game. On Saturday. Very poor game relative to, to, know, to his normally. To his big standards. But, he was poor on Saturday. Oh, my God. And the big, the big debate for me around Rafinha wasn't, is he going to go in, but do I play him as a striker? Yeah. Because we've seen him against Braz- when he was playing for Brazil. And as a striker, up front, he was absolutely on fire. He was a brilliant player. Yeah, I mean, this is what I was telling you last week. It was it was the whole situation with Richarlison. Yeah. And Marco Silva. We had no striker. And uh, Marco Silva was sort of forced into playing Richarlison as a striker. And it was the best thing he ever did because Richarlison's time out on the wing, especially when he first came, it was good. He was, he was fantastic. He was getting us goals. But there was something. He was getting like a little bit left out. He was, yeah. he was getting put put out on a limb and he was wasn't really getting the ball much and Marco Silva moved him up front and he was he was fantastic. He he was grabbing goals and he, it was probably the best thing for his career and maybe that's what Rafinha needs for Leeds. Obviously from it's a perfect time because Bamford's injured but yeah. quite significantly, significantly recently is what's come out is that um his Can't injury's walk. a lot worse than yeah, it's yeah. really bad. Which is really sad because I feel like Patrick Bamford has had this massive underdog story of being like Going to Chelsea, doing that with Chelsea, going to Burnley and getting bullied out by Sean yeah. Dyche, and he's always been perceived. Listen, there's this really toxic culture in football about if you're not if you're a posh boy, you get battered yeah. around a little bit. And he came to Leeds, he was all right in his in his first week, and then all of a sudden, Bielsa comes in, bang, and he's he was uh, last season. I would have called him in the top ten strikers, maybe at the bottom end of that, but he's still really really good. Yeah, and um, he's really especially obviously I'm a Leeds fan. But I think even just as a fan of the game in general, it is a really depressing sight to see that yeah. that kind of injuries are just. I'm. It's never but everyone blames the way Bielsa runs his players, and I think part of it has to come into how hard they train and how hard yeah. they run. But um, no one. I don't think anyone deserves that kind of. Yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff happening to them. But who have you got next in that right position there? Um. Obviously, I had Rafinha and Bowen on the, yeah. on the wings, and then. I went with Sam Maximan in that central role. What? Are you listen, all right? Listen, there was no tactics behind this. I just picked no the best No tactics, 11. just vibe. I just picked the best 11 players outside of the top six. And then, who have you got up front? So, oh, I've got, I've got to do my cam position. Oh. So, originally, it would have been Yorkshire boy, but obviously, sadly, at Merseyside, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. A, a, attacking midfielder? I was, I was going to put him as an attacking midfielder. And then I sort of gave my head a bit of a wobble. And I thought... Nah, because 
Firstly, it would have been playing out of position. I was going to, uh, listen, I was going to rip all this. Uh, you've seen how much stuff I've written on the page. I was going to rip it all <laughs> up and then mess it about so he would have dropped back there and, like, but he, but he just wouldn't have worked because what, what are you going to call them and whatever? So instead, I put James Madison. Yeah, I agree. Really, really, really good footballer. What? <laughs> what? Oh, it's all right. Oh, my God. That could have been danger. I think we're okay. Yeah. Sorry. Someone's just popped up on the screen. The absolute shamble. James Madison. Yeah, James Madison. Cracking player. I think he's... I think Vardy's done really well taking him under his wing and sort of showing him how to play the game. I was going to put Yuri Tielemann as well. Yeah. I feel like he was a, he was a standard as well. But, and there are a lot of good, there are a lot of cracking players at, at Leicester who are going unnoticed because the way Leicester's being run, I feel like they had so much investment in 2015. They were getting all these players in. And it reminded me a lot of... Do you remember... Uh, you won't, we won't remember but we will know about when Blackburn won in 95 yeah. they spent all this money got shearing they got all these men in and they were brilliant absolutely fantastic for that yeah. season and then dropped off immediately yeah. after and I'm a bit I'm a bit worried that that exact same thing is happening to Leicester at the minute yeah they spent it in the short term it, it's a worrying one because if you look at Leicester obviously you've got James Madison he's, mm. he's, a, he's a great player he's a great young player um, but they've not really got a project going forward it's it's very Short term, yeah. Sighted. Short termism. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. But and I think James Madison's one of them players that I mean, we've got another. I've got another player that I'm excited to talk about. But I think James Madison's one of them players that is. He's committed to Leicester, and I think did he come to the academy or did he come from no, somewhere else? No, he, he was. He was at Norwich. Yeah, he was at Norwich, and then he was he, he was signed in. But obviously, he's got a history at Leicester. Yeah. But and I think in his mind, the smartest thing to do would be to look for a move. I think I, would, I if I was him, I'd be looking for a move. I, I listen. The smart man's game is to realise that Leicester are in free fall. They're in free fall, unfortunately. Oh. And I'd give it two seasons until they're battling for relegation. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, we can come back to this in two years. And oh look yeah, at yeah. Like... Hopefully, we're still here. Hopefully, no one's <laughs> kicked us out yet. Um, so, who have you got as the ST? Uh, Raúl Jiménez. For Wolves, mm. yeah. Listen, Wolves is one of them teams that if you ask me about one of the players, I go, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Portuguese, love it. Tell me about Raul Jimenez. Jimenez has been solid for a few seasons now. It's like when they first signed him in, he was there was always question marks about him because no one knew who he was really. He was this foreign goal scorer. <laughs> That's so weird. You see retransfer reports and it's like, look, like it was the same thing about Vlahovic. Everyone was like, He's a goal scorer. And yeah. I just sat there like, oh right, um, well, what does that actually? Yeah. What does that mean? Like, how does he do it? How often does he do it? What does goal scorer actually and, mean and, in relation and to that? People, people, there was a lot of question marks about him, and he scored in his first game. Yeah. And and that's yeah, yeah. where which, which is a very good statement. In and time. he was he was only on loan for the first season. So well, and was, then they and, and they, they made it. Yeah, yeah. They made it permanent, and I think he's been solid for so so long for Wolves. He's he's that man that they can always rely on. Mm. He took his goal well yesterday in Spurs. It was a great finish. Yeah. And yeah, I think he's just a, a solid, solid option. Good I'd see this team, I feel like this has coloured a lot of our, we're not going for world dears. This is not, we're go, like I'd say, you could say that about six or seven of these players are yeah. solid players. Yeah. And I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot, but I feel like that's the state of a lot of these teams that are middling. Yeah. They don't have that, mate, that X player is bloody brilliant mm. because them players always get sold off like it's the Southampton situation yeah exactly they might as they really are just a feeder club for Liverpool because every time they get a player in it's like wow 
they get sold off. Yeah. And it's really, really, really depressing. But that's just the state of the Premier League at the minute, is it seems like everything's filtering up. If you're a good player, you don't get a chance. That's why I'm so grateful about Calvin Phillips. Yeah. Because Calvin Phillips, I feel like maybe this time where he's been injured, he's sort of putting a lot of the other teams off him. Because like, yeah. at the start of the season, everyone was like, hey, Manchester say goodbye United, to Calvin Phillips. Yeah. He's going to, if you went to Man U, I would never say his name again. <laughs> I've said this to you before. Everyone was like, oh, he's going to Liverpool, say goodbye to him. That's going to happen to Rafinha, but I feel like maybe this injury is, is going to keep it. I don't want to sound like um, like a kidnapper or anything, but maybe he's going to keep us. He's going to keep him with us for a yeah. little bit longer. And um, But yeah, that's just the state of things. Everyone's solid. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, the ST... He's having a party, <laughs> chat shit. Oh, mate, he's br- Jamie Vardy. What more can you say about Jamie Vardy? He he's one of them players that, fantastic. when they score, I mean, I always, every time Jamie Vardy scores, I'm always on watching the highlights yeah. and thinking he, he just loves the game. Yeah. And he's such a great success story as well. I was going to say, that the, the, the pathway that he's taken to get to Playing Leicester non-league is... football. Uh, didn't he make it, he made his debut really late? Yeah. It was in his, like, and he's just... He's hit it, and he's hit it well. And he had, he had actually quite... I, do, I can't see why he retired from England, but he had a quite, actually quite a decent England career as yeah, well. He managed to make it. Was, it was short-lived, but it was... Very short-lived. It was the Euros, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty much just the Euros. But he was He was cracking in the Euros. He's I, he's definitely coming to the end of his time, though. Yeah. I feel like we're seeing sort of the end of... He's still banging in good he's still, goals. He's still a top-class goal scorer. And the thing is, maybe he doesn't produce as many goals as Leicester fans want him to, but when he does... You sat there and you're like, wow, wow yeah. how has he managed to do that at, at his age? Yeah. And he just, he, for me, he, he sort of typifies, he, he's like a fossil. Yeah. He's a fossil from that area of football where it was like, everyone wanted, like there was less about play ball and win the game. It was more like have fun with it. Yeah. And I love that in footballers that they know how to have fun with it and they know how to, not take the pick, well obviously he does take the piss, yeah. but he knows how to, a bit playful with the game and you know how to manipulate the ball and I think with him and Rafinha assuming this is a real thing um, I think he's just he just loves the game that's yeah, just what definitely. comes out. oh did you do a manager by the way I didn't but oh you, you know I'm going with you're going to put Bielsa oh, so be well, I'll, put, I'll put Lampard oh come on be a bit more inventive with it no I'm joking I think uh, yeah that was a really good so we should do yeah. that again yeah I like that but um, what have we got we've got on this day on this day. On yeah. this day. Mine was really boring. Mine was quite good, actually. I've got the birthday of Glyn Snodden, who uh, was a player in like the 80s. Yeah. And um, on this day in 96, we beat <laughs> Bolton 1-0 <laughs> to get to the fifth round of the FA Cup, which I think is the furthest we've ever got, actually, quite embarrassingly. So my one is on this day in 1953, um, we registered our highest ever home FA Cup attendance. Oh, that's brilliant. At Goodison. 70, 77,900. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get that now. No. Absolutely would that get. And the thing about if it's in 53, there was probably, I put about 5,000 more on that people who just chipped in. Yeah. Easy. But um, that's... Re- <laughs> and, and, and we beat Manchester United 2-1. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that's one of the, like, I remember it was the other day, it was back in 20, uh, 2010, we were in League One, we beat Man U. Uh, 2-0 and I was just like I was sat there I was like we'll always have that you know whether we go down or not we'll always have that so I feel like we'd finish with really looking forward yeah. obviously we've got the Champions League but I'm not going to lie I am such a, a Premier League merchant that I wouldn't be able to confidently say what's happening so let's have a look at the Prem Man United versus Brighton I look at that and see Manchester United in free form and yeah. go it's at Old Trafford as well 
I think Brighton are going to get a result there. 1-0. I'm saying 1-0 Brighton. Because Brighton aren't a massive goal-scoring side, but at the same time, Man U are really, 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 really bad at the moment. Yeah, there's something that's telling me that they'll just sneak that. Yeah, yeah. So let's look forward to Saturday. West Ham, Newcastle. That'll be a cracker of a game, that. That'll be really good. And that's one of them games that... I wouldn't be able to say. Yes. I, I, you call it a draw, but I would say one of them teams is going to win, but I just don't know which one. <laughs> um, it'll be a tight one, mate. I, two all draw. I'm yeah, go, I'm going to go for a bold I, prediction. Like, that'll be. I'd I'd say that'll be the game of the game of the weekend. Yeah. Or is it? Will it be Southampton Everton? Ooh, good transition. What are you thinking? Um, we're looking up. Uh, two on two on win. I, I am yeah. heading, I am yeah, heading yeah. down to Southampton, so I am hoping oh, for a two <laughs> Oh, that's that must be the worst away day. Uh, listen, uh, especially if you lose and you're back on the train. <laughs> how, how, how long must the, the bus like, be? It's like four and a half hours. Oh back on the train. my god! <laughs> Liverpool, Norwich City. We don't even need to four nil. Let's four, not even bother. Three, three four nil. Yeah, yeah. Palace, Chelsea, two one. Chelsea. Yeah, it'll be a good game. That. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be a really good game because obviously Vieira has got them playing really well. Yeah, Chelsea just coming back from the Club World Cup might might be a bit Club World Cup. What a joke is that? <laughs> it's actually quite depressing because you think that should be like the best teams in the world facing each other, but the fact of the matter is your UEFA teams are That's just so much better. They're it's always going to win. I mean, game. I don't know if in Club World Cup history if any other team has actually beat them. I, I couldn't tell you, but I think it's always a because no, you, you wouldn't be able to tell me because no one watches yeah. it. It's one of them things that's been made up by FIFA. That one thinks, all oh, right, I move. It's the same as the Nations League, in yeah. my opinion. No one cares. But um, Brighton, Burnley, wait, ah, uh, Brighton. Uh, the Manchester United uh, Brighton game was. Oh, uh, it's, oh, it's a catch oh up. It's Jesus! A, it's a I'm such game. an idiot, mate. Brighton, Burnley. <sighs> oh, sorry. The Burnley, Burnley <laughs> games on. Burnley games on. Two 0 um, Brighton. Two 0 Brighton. I think that's fair enough. Aston Villa, Watford. Villa on the up. Watford. Uh, just rubbish. Yeah, I would disagree with it. Villa obviously they lost yesterday to Newcastle. Watford, oh, yeah. are, Watford are scrapping for points. It, it's Roy Hodgson always sets his teams up to, I, I to defend. What? I love seeing Hodge back here. Yeah, I feel like he's one of them. He's one of them who will be there in a wheelchair. He just he's <laughs> he's just such a lifelong manager. I was wondering he's been doing it since about eight. He's been doing this about nineteen eighty. Yeah, solid as well. He's just such a goer. Yeah, and you, I don't feel like you can ever really. You know, not to not to contradict myself, I don't feel like you can ever count the Roy Hodgson side out totally. Not, I do think Watford will get relegated this season. That's, oh, that is yeah, a yeah. prediction I do want to make. But there's, what, there's who else are you saying? Who else are you saying? Please don't. If you'd, if you'd have asked me a week ago, I would have would have said Everton. But right, no, um, come on. I remember you saying that to me. I'm like, don't be stupid because as much as you were playing bad, you had a lot of teams that are a lot worse than you. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. It's Burnley. No. I disagree. Come on, don't be. Who else? No, please, please don't. Say no, that. I'm not going to. Oh, right, yeah. Norwich. Yeah. Watford. Yeah. And you no, and no one can say out about Norwich not going down. Yeah, I think, horrific. I think, I, I think they are. They are horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Um. There's that. There's the. The last one. I can't quite work it. I think it probably will be Burnley. Actually. It's probably yeah, Burnley it's, because it's probably I feel like Sean Dyche deserves to go down as well because they play such boring, stupid football as well. It just suits Burnley. Oh, it's it, just, it, it's, it is just every, I, if everyone thinks Burnley, you think lumping it up long to the strikers. That's what's it's, like it, it, they play like they're in the nineteen sixties, yeah. and it's really boring. Play. Yeah. And like it's got at least I never like Sean Dyche anyway because I don't like the way he checked Bamford, but I think in general. <laughs> 
I don't feel like there are a lot of people who outside of Burnley fans who go, yeah, I think Burnley are all right. Like the same way that I think um, Leicester and teams like that. Yeah, I like Leicester. They're all right. Villa, I like Villa. They're all right. Yeah. No one likes Burnley. Yeah. And for a good reason. Like, although to be fair, as a Leeds fan, I am a bit, I am a bit, a uh, bit just up the road, isn't it? Burnley? Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit <laughs> ironic in saying that. But yeah, uh, we've done Villa Watford, Arsenal Brentford. Two 0 Arsenal. Two 0 Arsenal but, again. But Brentford could pull something out of the bag. That obviously we saw them do it at the start of the season. The, the opening day was. Brentford oh yeah, Arsenal. this is the remit. I remember. Oh, see, I'm actually a bit of a. I'm not a closet Arsenal fan, but I do actually really rate Arsenal. Got a soft spot for Arsenal. I do have a very very big soft spot for Arsenal, and I think uh, everyone was bantering at the time. But I remember it was one of the first weeks of uni. I said to you, "Don't count Arsenal out. They're yeah. not going to be the." The banter club that and, everyone says they're going to be. And that was at their, probably their worst point. That was at the worst part. I think they'd lost two games after that, yeah. or lost one and drawn one yeah. after that. And everyone was bantering them. But I remember saying, listen, Arteta had probably the best mentor in the history of football, yeah. obviously after Marcelo Bielsa. <laughs> um, and I think it took him some time to set up his squad, and he's doing well, and he's got some cracking players under him. He's got a very young side, which yeah. I like. He's got rid of some dead weight in Aubameyang got a poison really yeah, like, you know, yeah, I, agree, I agree and I think he's at a club that um, suits him it was never going to be overnight with Arteta they were they were always yeah. the fans were always going to have to buy into a process and I do think he is and they're such toxic fans yeah, no but that's why I like like a lot of times fans are toxic like Man U fans are toxic but they're in a really in quite a negative way but Arsenal Arsenal's fans different. they're doing it because they're frustrated yeah. and I think I mean I will never forget I will never forgive people like AFTV for having Wenger out. I feel like that was one of the biggest mistakes in football. Yeah, that was, was absolutely In horrific. hindsight, I mean, I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, but if you look back, He's, Arsenal were, were better then than they are now. I know. I'm still maintaining that Arsene Wenger is the best Premier League manager of all time, even in front of Sir Alex Ferguson. But... Pep. Oh, don't be bored. Listen... Pep, oh. Pep's probably the best in the world right now, but whether he's the best of... Premier League all time. Well, wait till he wins a champion. I know, obviously, I'm saying that Wenger, but let's wait till he wins a Champions League first with yeah. that much money behind him. Whereas yeah. Wenger had about twenty pence. Yeah, sure. Um, true. and he spent it all on a stadium <laughs> instead of actual players. <laughs> City, Tottenham. That'll be a three 0 City. Oh, well, that's three 0 City. I know it's boring, but it, no, it's, but it is boring watching City now. It's it, getting it to the point where it's like watching City now. It's like, oh, great, City are playing again. They're gonna win. <laughs> Turn it off. Like I, I barely watch City games. I tell you what, it must be frustrating for Liverpool fans. Yeah, because knowing that they're not going to win anything this season. They're That's not going to win out. They're not going to win the Champions League. They're not winning the FA Cup. They're not winning a Carabao Cup. And they're not winning the Prem. I, I don't want to say that they're not winning nothing in case... My, in case oh, my, yeah, in case you get banned. In case through. you get yeah, banned. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I'm in a position where I don't really have anything against Liverpool. <laughs> I think I think the fans can be a bit hardcore to an extent. I mean, so are I mean, we. Obviously, they're in that final in a couple of weeks, aren't they, against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup, but... Oh, but I reckon Chelsea just have a weird cup thing. I think Kai Everts will get an header again or something stupid like that. I mean, he did it in the Club World Cup again, didn't he? Yeah. He's invisible the entire time. He comes up to a, a cup final and he's banging and he's it in. Again. All of a sudden, he's like prime Hazard or something. <laughs> I don't get where he gets it from. But um, I think Liverpool are just doing that position. I mean, let's be honest. If you're a Liverpool fan, you're winning the Carabao Cup. It's not what you wanted. Yeah. Not what you wanted. You wanted the Prem. You wanted the Champions League. Those yeah. are the two things you wanted. Really, and I think it's gotten to the point now where they don't want to win it for themselves because in their in their estimation, okay, we've won a Prem and we've won a Champions League. That's enough. They want to win it. So they want to win it. They so someone else doesn't. So City doesn't. That's <laughs> like the, just the fact of it is that that I think that's a new that's a new version of rivalry. Yeah. Like the Liverpool City. 
and let's run a city are going to come out the winners. Fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Mate, City is that team that you want to win so nobody else wins. Yeah. Yeah. Because, exactly. like, I would rather the City win, apart from Arsenal, I would rather City win than any other of the top six. Yeah. Without a doubt. But obviously, we go on to Leeds versus the Scum. I'm going to be there, and I'm not there for the football, right? I am not there for the football because I'm already, listen, as a Leeds fan, you're naturally born with depression, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> naturally born with. Oh, yeah, we're really good. It's like, I said it to you, it's like being in a manipulative, it's like being in a ma- manipulative relationship. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're on our, you're on an eye, oh, yeah, we just beat West Ham 3-2, brilliant. You're at the bottom. You go to Goodison Park and you, yeah, you get yeah. past the three. <laughs> oh, shut up. And Man U are one of them teams that can, you said it, they can be rubbish the entire season and then they come back and they batter us. Yeah. They just always do well at Ellen Road, but I'm there. I'm not. I don't want to sound like a new gun, but I'm there for the vibes. Yeah. Because them chants are going to be absolutely unreal. Yeah, no, it will be and a very good atmosphere. It'll be the first time I've ever seen Ronaldo play in real life. Yeah. And hopefully the last. <laughs> and then obviously we've got the battle of the mid table. So, oh, sorry. What are you saying for Leeds, Man U? Leeds, Man U. Seven um, nil. Is that all your predictions? Seven nil to Leeds. Um, no, let's be realistic. No, I don't. I don't want to say it. I'm not going to say it. Knock on wood, what I think is going to happen isn't going to happen. 2 2 on Man United. Go away. <laughs> but yeah, Wolves, Leicester City. Battle, yeah. of, battle of the mid table players. I think Wolves have been quietly going about the business. I think, they've, I think they'll win this 2 0. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. I'd I, say I so. Le- Leicester, on the, Leicester on the downhill, they're really. You know, do you remember that time? Like, yeah, Leicester are going to be in the top six. Yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not now. Um, and let's be honest, if any team goes close to the top six, it's bumping Spurs out. Yeah. But, so, which I'd love to see. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd say 2 0 Wolves. Yeah, 2 0 Wolves. It's brilliant. Solid prediction. Anywhere we've gone, it's, I'd say we're bang on time there, to be fair. But we hope you've enjoyed it. I'm about to go listen back to this recording to make sure that you know you can actually hear me on it and I've not just come off <laughs> as like a drawl. But we'll see you next week. We hope you enjoy whatever football match you're going to go watch this weekend. Hopefully, your team wins, unless you're a Man U fan, in which case. Go lose every single game for the rest of your existence. I hate you. Goodbye. Up the toppies. Oh, God.